Greetings, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Keith Martin-Smith, and uh, I'm here today to talk to Dr. John Churchill, and we're going to cover a number of topics that uh, I've addressed in my book and that John has addressed throughout his career, which is the sort of intersection of spirituality, of awakening, of psychological shadow, um, of state development and stage development, and uh, how all that stuff sort of plays together and what it means for us as practitioners, as human beings, um, and as people who are, you know, often trying to seek deeper community connection through our practices and through our insights. So, uh, John, welcome. And I'd love it if you could just, uh, you know, people, some people already know you in the integral community, I'm sure, right. but for those that don't know you, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So, um, well, since this is the integral community, um, you know, my, uh, you know, Ken was a, a, a major, um, influence in my, in my journey. Um, I think around 16, I read a uh, transformations of consciousness. So I'm not, so this was, a, you know, 30, more than 30 years ago. Um, and, um, and actually, you know, got to, um, work with both Ken and Dr. Dan Brown, who both wrote that book together. So serendipity, mm -hmm was one of those comic things where I really need to know these two men. And then, then, you know, life brings us into that. I was, um, so I was involved with the Integral Institute back in 99. So, and 2000 and, and uh, just the, the very beginnings of, and uh, was uh, an employee for Inter Integral Institute. We were the formation of the, what was called the human change program back there. We were beginning to look at all the various practices that were out there Um this was under the, the guidance of Alan Coombs, who was part of II. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had a kind of ongoing relationship with Ken and his work, you know, for, for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, my, I guess my weave through it has been kind of through the psycho-spiritual, been a 30-year, like yourself, 30-year practitioner mm -hmm. of the Dharma um, in a number of different uh, lineages. And... You know, throughout that time, also being a student of Western psychology and um, Western esotericism. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess I'm a kind of a East, both interested in the synthesis of Eastern psychology and the synthesis of Western psychology. And then what does that synthesis look like when we bring those two syntheses together? Um, right. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I, I think a good place to start, this was sort of the teaser that we used for people, and it's as good a place as any, but, um, you know, there's there's always so much promise, and then certainly in my looking out at things, so much disappointment when spiritual communities get formed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I can name a number off the top of my head, but most of the ones that I've known about have collapsed in some sort of sort of spectacular way. Um, you know, I'm thinking of like Andrew Cohen's community, for instance, um, which was vibrant and pretty big and transmitting a pretty powerful truth as far as I could tell. And there were a lot of people in his community that were getting really well served. Um, and there was also a tremendous amount of shadow that was running, a lot of narcissism from Andrew. Um, and I, I just would love to sort of hear your thoughts on that. I mean, I know that here in my life, I'm certainly looking for more community. And I know a lot of other people are looking for community. And it's it's one of those things like how how what went wrong with the communities that have come in the past and, and what might we do 
to build a more intelligent one in the future. Yeah. How are we going to do this? Yeah. Right. I mean, I think we all recognize, we all feel a deep need for, for a spiritual community. It's, I mean, traditionally it was the third place, right? I right. mean, we have work, we have home and we had the third place church temple. And, um, you know, if we don't have that third place, we, our lives are, are smaller because of it. I mean, this is a, I mean, this is a big, big, it's a big question. It's a question that's, that it's taken up a lot of my thought and study over 30 years. It's not just, not just what the psychotechnology is, because I think the truth is at this stage, um, you know, we, we have the psychotechnologies. I mean, I, I my apprenticeship with Dr. Dan and studying with the Tibetans, you know, we have, we have now, you know, the, these, these practices, and so that's kind of been taken care of. In my so let me, let me just pause you there and say, like, when you say practices, do you mean sort of waking up practices? Well, I, yeah, I mean, of course, yes. But I mean, the Tibetan tradition is, is alchemical as well. So in that sense, it does integrate cleaning up practices with waking up practices, right? I mean, so sort of small smells, big self, bottom up, top down, sort of. All yeah, that. bottom up. You know, exactly sweeping down from above whilst coming up from below, right? I mean. The, you know, of course, the truth is, is we haven't really seen an integral version of Vajrayana, right? So, so many people don't really, you know, we, you have hundreds of thousands of volumes in the Tibetan libraries. <laughs> but we, we don't, you know, we, we haven't really had a version of what that might look like in the West. So we have to appreciate that. But yeah, so there's, so there is a, in my mind, the shadow work is integrated into Vajrayana, it does need to be updated in terms of the operating system itself and, and refinement, but all of the wrathful deity practices, the father tantra practices, the mother tantra practices, these are really about like industrial level depth, like processing of the shadow, right? But processing of the shadow that was built into ritualized structures that then look like something else. But if you understand psychodynamically rather than kind of a with it theologically what they're doing yeah they're they're designed to do really deep you know deep work the question that yeah i was gonna say and these are practices in my experience of vajrayana there's a lot of work that i did around sort of the transmutation of emotion would that be an example so for instance looking at anger looking through it you know seeing what it's actually about um you know doing the different practices that allow anger to be understood and transformed into its sort of spiritual counterpart things like that yeah, so there's, well, there's the transformation piece of it, and then there's also the excavation piece of it, mm-hmm. meaning, right, like, mm-hmm. are you able to, are we able to have a deep relationship with that, um, able to contact that emotion fully, and then also transmute it, right, because, because if the valve is is not very wide, then you're transmuting a little drip that's coming right. through, when actually underneath, right. there's a raging volcano, which right. is generally the case because we're talking about the kundalini energy, the suppression of the evolutionary force itself. Right. And 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 the idea, as I understood uh, Dan Brown's work too, his observation was that indigenous sort of closer to earth cultures, frankly, didn't have as much trauma or as much revert shadow as we do now in the West because they were um, they, they, they were just healthier in a sense because they were closer to the earth. They were closer to mm-hmm. terms of nature. The parents were there in a really stable mm-hmm. way. There was an extended family, a village. I mean, I think part of that's true. I think part of it is the frankly is that at least within the Tibetan system, it was such an elite, like the, the, the institution was elitist. 
So the very few, I mean, that was part of the problem when you when you look at these paths, so few people right. kind of got to the place where they, where they were all put together, that then also the paths have this highly individualistic frame because it, it, it wasn't able to be made necessarily by a lot of people, right? So no. if you have so, right. so few people managing to take the journey, um, I don't, I, yeah, I, I think that the truth is, is now granted, I think that Tibet probably, once the Dharma arrived after a few hundred years, that the probably, you know, kind of, in terms of the eugenics, the program that they had in the sense of create a culture of peace and happiness and, and what happens, yes, I think that um, it was a more advantageous situation. Um, but I think human trauma is human trauma, like, like mm-hmm. right? That it's part of the human experience. It's sort of a universal, yeah. It is universal, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So, so the idea then in the Tibetan system, which is very similar to the system I have been trained in, which is the Zen system, especially the Rinzai system, uh, highly elitist, you know, a very, very, very small percentage of, of the population would ever go through anything like the training necessary to become a priest, um, and then have access to the resources and the support and the and the literature and all the things, uh, you know, the, the more esoteric practices that actually help right. you to refine. And then, you know, back to our central tenet here, like have a community of people to test and push and challenge and support you as you deepen and practice your insights. So this is highly elitist organization or this highly elitist um culture both in Japan and in Tibet yeah and what we've seen I think as it's come to the west is it's become highly democratized right so it's mm-hmm. like now percentage wise of a vastly higher percentage of people have access to these teachings to this technology right and, and so communities are getting formed and and I think the communities are bigger they're broader they're probably not as well uh, frankly, not as well educated in these esoteric places where things can go sideways. And mm-hmm. I just wonder if you could just speak a little bit about maybe like the proficient and deficient parts of um, of the democratization of these elitist, powerful spiritual technologies. Well, I mean, I think that this has got to do with architecture. Um, I mean, one thing that that I'm just, I mean, when we think of spiritual teachers, there's all kinds of different spiritual teachers. We have like the function of seer, the function of philosopher, the right. function of prophet, the function of shaman, the, the function of priest. And we also have the function of architect. Right. And so what I mean by architect? Well, I mean, if if we were going to go on a 40 year journey, which is which is which is really what we're going on, yeah. we would we would want to have the 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 architecture of that right now of course within you know that there's individuality within the journey but if there's no architecture and no no outer structure and that also the institutions that like we're going on a 40-year journey so what's the educational process of a 40-year journey rather than like rather than the 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 challenge of let's say the postmodern predicament is the postmodern spiritual teachers basically making it up as they go along right well or they've yeah they've they've dismissed the power or the yeah they've dismissed some of the strengths and beauty of the lineages that are around to try to create something anew right and so the and so the lineages would have that architecture yeah but the architecture is like a thousand years old right and it's been tested time and time again yes yes so so we're at this place where essentially we need to build new architecture because 
the, the you know the, the the challenge with the create with where we are as create let's say as a creative teacher it's like so as a westerner who's who perhaps sees more of what we need and where we are what are what's our unique psychology unique traumas and therefore how are we going to work things so if we have if we understand that then automatically it's going to be difficult to be part of the tradition and now you're by yourself and because of that then there's also the shadow of what happens when you are a teacher without peers so when you don't have the architecture built in so it's one teacher and not a circle of teachers right so in my mind it's like what i'm interested in well how do you build the architecture first you have to make sure that people are trained enough so this is a this is a go <laughs> okay that's good news it must be the, the english must have scored um, so, so it is a mo so the first thing is it's it is a multi-generational project right so we have to like also see further than just our own uh, over our own practice this year or 10 years from now and actually get a sense of what kind of architecture do we need to build yeah to create to turn the wheel of dharma so you have multi-generational learning. I think once you start thinking that way, then I think you start beginning to see some of the solutions in terms of what we need to build, how we need to build it. You know, what are the various pieces of, of, of a mandala in yeah. terms of teachers are important, but also education is important, business, finance. These are all different sacred dimensions of of the we right you know and one function is is the teacher but that isn't the only function and so you have to build and that's sort of the postmodern predicament right is that the or that's to say the modern and postmodern predicament is that a teacher and not to pick on andrew cohen but you know he he studies with a traditional teaching then he goes out on his own and he creates sort of whole cloth the community and the trouble is it's it revolves entirely around his personality and his transmission and there isn't as you're saying there isn't this architecture that both protects him and protects the students well that's right and that's you know if we're thinking intelligently we need to be thinking about how do we build an integral lineage now that that involves understanding egregores meaning how to understand the subtle architecture not just like but the subtle architecture of the lineage that lineage itself has uh, transmission structures those have to be designed you have to have a mind around how does how is this lineage itself as an organ as an organism going to transmit and if you just put one person at the very top that is not you're not building an intelligent organization doesn't you know you've got to build something you've got to use the best of western developmental organizational understanding to build the kind of organization that's necessary because you need to have research and development you need to have updating you need to have feedback loops right? and, and you have to and i guess you know from an integral perspective right you have to address uh the problem of a of a socialized or um you know amber or trying to think of people that don't know integral uh, a heavily rules-based structure that is based on thou shall not um you have to transcend that and you also can't get lost in the postmodern. Uh, well, we don't have hierarchy and no one's above anybody else. And, you know, we need to, we need to, we need to go by quorum and by consensus. And mm -hmm. it's like, 
Mm-hmm. If you're in either one of those realms, you're really yeah. you're quickly yeah. going to get lost and trapped, right? So, so, yeah, so how do we how do we form healthy hierarchy that allows for somebody to make goddamn decisions and say yes and no mm-hmm. and like no, we're not going to do that. I'm saying no right. and prevent that per- person from becoming a despot. Yes, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, it's that question, right? Well, it's because I've been in communities I mean, I think that, that, that are very that are very egalitarian, and it's wonderful, except that you watch the community atrophy from the inside because there's no one to animate it. it's you can't you can't run something by consensus it, sure. it just doesn't work right